Hello, welcome to the Full English, the United Kingdom's Airbnb podcast, the place to learn how to buy, host and grow your Airbnb business, specifically in the United Kingdom, helping you to learn, grow and become an Airbnb success. This is my conversation with Nick Jones, a 30-year veteran of the Oxford rental market. He knows everything there is to know about the rental market in and around Oxford, both in terms of long and short-term rental properties. Nick owns a letting agency which manages both long and short-term lets. This gives him a unique perspective and understanding of the pros and cons of each for landlords, hosts and managing agents. Nick actually tends to prefer long-term lets as they suit his business uh, and lifestyle better. This show is not always about telling you that all short-term lets are paved with gold. It's about giving you all rounded knowledge from all of our guests to enable you to build your own ideas and make your own informed decisions. Nick is an experienced rental market pro. I learned a lot from him in this episode. And now my conversation with Nick Jones. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Very well, thanks. Great to, great to have you with us uh, today. Let's jump straight in, Nick. You live and work in and around the Oxford area, and I know you've been involved in um, all sorts of rental within, in and around the Oxford area for many years. Um, so I think that's really what we're going to be talking about today, long-term, short-term rental in and around Oxford area. Uh, yeah. Before we kick off, just tell us a little bit about like your own background, uh, dating back up into the 90s um, uh, in, in, the rent, in rentals in Oxford, uh, how you got into it and sort of just that intro into sort of your journey into property. Yeah, sure. Certainly. Well, actually, it started probably pre-90s because my um, father had his own uh, estate agency business. So when I went to university, I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. Um, but he said to to go and train as a chartered surveyor, um, do a degree in surveying or land management, as it was called then. And um, that would set me up for whatever I wanted to do going forwards. Um, so I did a degree in land management, uh, moved to Oxford um, in 1995 and uh, looked for a job as a surveyor, but didn't get one, but had a, uh, found a job working in a property management department for a letting agency. Um, and I've kind of worked in the lettings market ever since, really. So, so predominantly for independent um, letting agents. But um, there was a stint where I went to work for an asset management company looking after a um, residential property portfolio that meant that I was employing letting agents all over the UK to to find tenants for properties in all sorts of different provincial areas. And it was for a, a fund, a residential um, investment fund at the time. So that was the early 2000s, um, and that's where I became qualified as uh, um, within ALA, as it is now ALA Property Marks. So I became a fellow grade member of ALA, um, mm-hmm. and uh, worked in lettings uh, in in around Oxford. Um, worked in Windsor, Henley, Wantage, Abingdon, Whitney. So all the areas mm-hmm. really around the provincial towns in in and around, um, doing both and lettings and property management. Yeah. 
Um, so that's what almost like 30 years experience of letters yeah, in and around the yeah, Oxford area. Yeah. So and, um, seen a lot of change over those times. Yeah. So if if uh, if there's a man who knows about uh, lettings in and around Oxford, you're, you're the man to talk to, aren't you? 30 years experience, and especially um, if you want to understand how the markets uh, moved and progressed during that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. To start off with, obviously this is predominantly a Airbnb stroke short-term rental show. Um, just let's talk a bit about short-term rentals in Oxford. And specifically, you know, what's good, what's bad about Oxford, um, what areas of Oxford are good, um, your experiences in that respect. I think it'd be good to get get your take on that. Sure. OK, well, Oxford's obviously a very transient um, marketplace. So we've got a huge amount of visitors that come and visit Oxford year round. The other key thing about Oxford um, is that it has a large um, teaching hospital as well as the university side of things so so there are always people coming into Oxford for short-term sabbaticals um, particularly with the hospitals it tends to be people either coming to treat people or families of people being treated mm. or even those people coming in who require treatment that don't really want to be going to stay in hotels um, and B&Bs that type of accommodation that just wants somewhere that's self-contained that they can stay and have a degree of flexibility um, yeah, and what 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 about the university? You've got the teaching, the teaching hospital. Yeah, what so, about the so university? The obviously, is... stu- yeah, obviously students don't stay in in Airbnb short term rentals, but then like, it's one of the most famous university uh, town cities in the world. Um, there must be loads of people coming in and out to do with the university. Yeah, so the university. I mean, interestingly, the university tends to be. Um, we do get students that come and stay in some of our short term places. Uh, they tend to be on sabbatical with the university. We also get professors coming through um, that are visiting from other universities around the world. Uh, but interestingly, we also get um, quite often family members coming in to settle their children from overseas, coming in to settle their children in for a period of time, usually in the September, October time. And they quite come. They often obviously travel from overseas stay for a short period of time just to make sure everything's set up and so correct. W- when you say a short period of time I mean, this is sounding like sort of several weeks a month is that what kind of time uh, periods people uh, staying for usually yeah usually up to up to um three or four weeks potentially depends i mean it really does depend every situation is going to be different mm-hmm. and then what else has oxford got going on i mean it's a beautiful city as we all know i'm just thinking you know the more different things that are going on in a city each one of those can attract people to a short-term rental car net and, and each one of those things uh, takes you closer to 100 percent occupancy um in a particular yeah, i mean we've got town. we've got um i mean obviously we get tradespeople coming in that are working monday to friday on projects in and around oxford so contraction con- construction um businesses etc plus events so people coming in for shows so you know we've got two good theatres here in Oxford where you've got regular shows good performance shows so we have um, cast members come to to visit um, people coming in to do lectures we get quite a lot of that so there's people coming to visit to do presentations to a business or a, an institution um, and they will come and stay for a short period of time um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, around Oxford and then, of course, we've got Silverstone in July. So the the Grand Prix. So around that period of time, we get a lot of people coming into into Oxford because it's obviously close enough to commute up to Silverstone for the racing. If I was um, thinking of 
obviously Oxford's quite expensive, isn't it, to buy properties in Oxford. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was going to, and that's to a certain extent, that can be prohibitive, can't it? If you're thinking of buying and operating properties, obviously the more that the property costs in the first instance, you know, obviously that impacts the yield that you can earn on your investment. Yeah. Um, we all know that. Most of your properties, I believe, and I know you had we've from, from our previous discussions, I know you had about fifty pre-COVID. I know you've you've reduced that right down um, at the moment, and we'll talk further so about. We, what yeah, we had um we had thirty six actually thirty six active listings pre pre-COVID, um, yeah. But it would if if it fluctuated, they were not always always available. It was depending on on the situation, but. Yeah, COVID, COVID hit us, as we probably did with anyone offering operating service accommodation quite hard. So end of March 2020, a hu- well, the majority of bookings cancelled for that for that year. We were very fortunate because obviously dealing with the long term lets that we were and with all of the properties generally available to go with key safes, etc. We were able to let them all remotely to key workers within the next month. So they turned mm. to, to long term lettings on ASTs and um uh, a lot of them have stayed on that basis since actually so we 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 now operate a much smaller portfolio on the on the service accommodation side uh, just for now anyway yeah. um yeah. i think for me actually i realized that i got a lot of my time back um and, you know it, 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 uh, the airbnb shortlet market is great from a cash flow perspective as a business um but there is a lot of personal time and effort that you've got to put in to run it because long term lets tend to be you know, uh, following a process with regards to paperwork, referencing, etc. Whereas the Airbnb shortlet market is all about hospitality. It's a totally different mindset, as people will know. And um, so you just have to operate it in a totally different way, um, which is enjoyable because you meet some really interesting people. But um, at the same time, it takes up an awful lot of personal time and you you need to be aware of that when you when you do it. Mm. So. All in all, do you think is Oxford a good place for short-term rentals? And um, and the the kind of landlords that you're working with, I mean, I think pretty much all of your properties, you don't own them personally. You're taking them on on behalf of landlords. Um, what kind of what kind of landlords are you working with, and how do you manage your relationship with with these landlords? Well, quite often with with the serviced accommodation, it will be properties where um, they are in areas that there is high demand year round so particularly around the hospitals is is key because as i say it's it's a it's a year round marketplace i think the further you go if you go out into the into the villages etc around oxford it's less um you, you're going to have greater void periods as far as i'm concerned with regards to the serviced accommodation but in some cases it just it just it suits landlords because it may be their own home where they go away for periods of the time and they just want someone to come and occupy the property whilst they're away. So we help with that. Um, I learned pretty quickly when I first started doing it that um, certain types of properties were not, were not the ones that we wanted to get involved in. And they tended to be leasehold apartments. Um, mm-hmm. And purely because obviously Airbnb was considered to be in certain circumstances a breach of the lease and insurance, etc. So we steer clear of um, leasehold apartments and generally look at share of freehold properties or freehold properties where the owners don't have any mortgage um, on there. So they they tend to be the ones that we focus on. Um, why do you, why do you to, mention why do you mention mortgages there, Nick? Uh, just so that um, the necessary permissions are in place for for landlords to be offering those properties on Airbnb. So you're saying res- restrictions within mortgages as well. So quite often restrictions on mortgage mm. mortgage companies. 
um mm. well they need to be advised that they need to give permission to do so but where and a lot of times i think oxford being so affluent a lot of our clients don't have mortgages so mm. um so you, you would say yeah you would say as well as checking uh the lease um anyone thinking of going into this should also carefully check uh, the mortgage as well and of course there are specialists Absolutely. specialist mortgages yeah, yeah. for yeah. this they, as well. they need to have the relevant permission to to be able to do what they do um i mean the other difficulty we have here and not a difficulty is is with the with oxford city council um i mean their oxford city council have have the unfortunate task of you know we're a very small area small city um with limited accommodation and oxford city council's job is to to ensure that there is sufficient accommodation for people coming to live in oxford so so I mean, inevitably, there will be, I think, at some point in the future, a, a, a bigger clamp down from Oxford City Council on on the serviced accommodation marketplace. Um, and I know that they are pushing for a register of possible licensing for for that type of accommodation. And we've we've just had that with our long term rentals. So long term rentals now every property in Oxford that's rented um, now has to have a um, selective license. Um, mm. which we've just gone through over the last uh, couple of months of getting all of those in place for for all of our long term rental properties. So it's, yeah. um, you know, it, things yeah. are there's constant change. And I think that's the same with any mm. marketplace and any property, the dealings that you have is, you know, there's always going to be things that you've got to keep on top of and, and be aware of and and, you know, just do what you can to 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 mm. operate within the requirements. But at, at the moment, there's no restrictions in Oxford. Um, but it's it's just sort of on, on the radar of something that could, could be yeah, coming down exactly. the road. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. London, in London, it's 90 days in London mm. um, per year. Um, and obviously, if um, a council, city council, whatever, does introduce something like that, obviously it can have big, big implications, can't it? And if you've got all of your eggs in one basket in terms of, say, it's all short term lets in Oxford City Centre, if a rule, a rule like that comes in and if you're not in a position be able to be able to adapt to it, um, you could be quite stuck, couldn't you? Yeah, so I think that ability to be able to pivot as well is obviously important. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. what you did during COVID, wasn't it? You were able to to pivot to, um, to key workers. Um, just coming back to that for a moment, to, to the key workers that you moved to, um, how did you manage that? Obviously, the pandemic came along, disaster for pretty much everyone in the country. Um, you will have had certain contracts in place with the landlords uh, for those short-term rentals. How did you tra- how did you transition them to the key workers, and not in terms of finding the key workers, but in terms of that relation contractual relationship um, that you had with the landlords? Well, quite often, many of the landlords that we dealt with, we would we would um looking at both options anyway so so we already had a long-term agreements with with them because we we're probably looking after other properties of theirs on a different basis so mm-hmm. it would never be the same it was unlikely that we had landlords that didn't have different types of um property opportunity property options really so they were either doing long lets and short lets most of them mm-hmm. were people with multiple properties anyway so it was a you know it, i think everyone was in the same boat so we were very fortunate I, I I only had one situation where we were in a rent to rent arrangement with a client and um, and obviously that could have been really awkward because you know, the, the, the the money that we were paying out for that for, the, for those properties was substantial and wouldn't have been covered by the normal AST rental income. Um, but we were fortunate that we had a really good relationship with these people and, and they understood the situation and we were able to 
immediately switch it over and cancel our arrangement with with them on that basis purely because of what's happened so mm. it was just working with the right people i think and working with so, the clients that yeah. we've got a very good relationship with so when you had this mix of sort of over 30 of these short-term lets mm. uh, just very approximately how many of those were rent to rent and how many of them were sort of percentage management oh uh, no i mean the rent to rent was we 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 looked after um two buildings so four flats in total on the rent to rent side so very very few um, yeah. And that was only an arrangement we'd started doing in 2019, just as an experiment. Um, and um, yeah, we were we were lucky to to. I know there were a lot of other short let companies that had a much bigger arrangement that that cost them dearly. So yeah. Um, so like rent rent to rent is this is would be my very primitive take on it would be mm-hmm. that uh, more risk, more money with rent to rent. Um, with management deal, less risk, um, a little bit less money. Um talk around that for a bit see if you agree with that disagree with that and um see if you could expand on that a little bit um yeah i mean the, the rent to rent side i think if you if, if you have the the collateral behind you to do it then in certain circumstances it probably works very well i think as i say we did it as an experiment and it we didn't really make any money out of doing it so i wouldn't i wouldn't look at it doing it again from my side of things from up from a from a business perspective, looking after the management of side of things, well, that's obviously for us much uh, much easier to do and and uh, less yeah less risk because we're looking after someone else's property rather than taking on that full responsibility of ensuring that we've got the income coming in on our rent to rent portfolio, for instance. Um, so, you know, in that respect, we as an agency we only get paid on the income that we receive so it's in everyone's interest to do it but we we don't have these large bills at the end of the every month to pay mm. a client if those bookings don't come in where you do mm. on a rent to rent situation so that's the, mm. the key difference mm. so we talked a bit earlier on about the difference between long term uh, and short term rentals and we said that you know with the the longer term ones it's this kind of sort of process of referencing kind of getting tenants in and then you just kind of pick stuff up as and when as you go through um, and the short term stuff is much more um, sort of hospitality based uh, and takes much more of your time um, obviously there's a balance there isn't there more time for the short term stuff um, more money as well for the short term stuff um, uh, yeah, yeah how, yes how I mean sort there's, of that there's two ways of looking at it and it, yeah. quite often it will come down to if a um, if a if a client comes to me and says, you know, we would we we'd be interested in doing this on a short let basis, they've got to really understand what they're trying to achieve from it. Um, in my experience, actually, um, you only need a few void periods on a short let basis to knock down the income. So you're make very different little difference between whether you were long letting a property or or short letting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the short letting side of things is, as I say, it's. Uh, when you're long letting a property at someone's home, you 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 know you're you're finding a home for someone. Whereas with the short let side of things, it's generally for holiday periods uh, purposes. Uh, so people coming here for an experience, not necessarily where they're going to stay, but more to do with what the city that they're coming to visit. Um, so so there's a different way of just approaching it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, you great experience both types, both types of properties. Um, in terms of the properties, and again, we've touched on this earlier on, but the types of properties which are which are specifically good for for short term lets. Um, I know that you've said that um, you know there's sort of certain kind of red lines that you won't go to in terms of in terms of leaseholds. Um, 
obviously first of all actually uh, lots of people do do leasehold properties um lots of people kind of take a i think take a bit of a risk on it um so i think it's worth just dwelling on that dwelling on that for a moment um you can when you go through when you go through the leases some people would take the view that uh, if it doesn't explicitly say in there that you can't do short-term lets and lots of older leases won't say that um then you can do it but obviously you sort of you're running the risk that you're gonna you're gonna run into trouble and you're gonna have you're gonna have bona fides um along the way uh, when you do that i suppose you've obviously well, guess, taken I mean, you've taken the it, view that mm. yeah i mean if it's your own flat i guess you if you want to take the risk that's up to you but when when we're when we're dealing with it on behalf of someone what we wouldn't want to be involved in in any level of risk really um yeah the yeah. the situation with leasehold flats is uh, it's not you know yes okay you can have leases that may not mention it or or maybe a bit ambiguous and, and obviously the whole airbnb market is a gray area in terms of certain things but but the key thing is you're you're not responsible as the landlord for paying for the insurance of the building so if you um if you have a leasehold flat that and there's an insurance policy on the building that's paid for and through the service charge um you've got to be very clear that if there is an issue with your flat that causes damage to the building and you're you know you you're, you're using the property in a in a way that perhaps isn't covered under the insurance purposes then you know where's the liability going to lie you know so you've just got to be you've just got to do your due diligence and be very very aware of of the lease and the insurance just get the necessary permissions to do so i'd suggest mm-hmm. and then loads of different types of properties and we're saying just coming back to what i was going to say a moment ago um some properties is a red line for you you just think they're not suitable because the leasehold situation mortgages and so on and so forth what kind of, sort of physical attributes do you think um it lend themselves to short term let and and also the same question to longer term lets lend themselves to longer term lets uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of the kind of properties sort of where they are um you know whether it's city center or perhaps slightly into the surrounding villages um whether it's a sort of particularly beautiful building uh you know if you were looking at a property someone asked you to come and look uh, what are the things you're looking at which would kind of say yeah this would definitely be good for a short term or in actual fact this one would definitely be really suited for, for a longer term lap um i think i mean this is only my personal opinion and, yeah. and i think certain areas will be different but i tend to i tend to look at the smaller properties um for um the serviced accommodation side of things so so the smaller one and two bedroom probably um is my is my limit and i prefer the one bedroom properties you know where we put sofa beds in the sitting rooms and you know so you can accommodate three or four people but but you're not looking at any more than that um they're very easy to look after from a management perspective i prefer properties that that have low maintenance gardens you know gardening is obviously going to be an ongoing cost mm. um and things that are self-contained and a little bit quirky i think the 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 thing with airbnb is is the quirky things are the things that people really look for and so trying to find an angle with certain types of properties is is great because you know it's something that's exciting to market from our point of view and you know we it's it's, i touch on the the way that we market properties but long-term rentals is very much this is a room this is the house this is the location whereas with Mm. the short-term things as i said before you're 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 creating uh, uh, an experience for someone a holiday a location for someone to come and visit and you want to you know you want to make the most of it and 
you know there might be a landmark that's nearby like the Headington shark that we've got here in Oxford and you know there's descriptions about that the the C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and all the other bits and pieces that we have here in Oxford that are that 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 we can get people to to become involved in it's just having having a bit of local knowledge and and understanding what what's available with regards to locations for eating out transport whatever else it might be those things are really really key and we we've done we've done a few little bits with local artists where we've had um local artists um uh, lend us works that they've done and we've we've kind of um we've focused it around the oxford thing so they scenes of oxford but you know if you go into some of these restaurants where you can see works of art on the wall and they've got little price tags on them and a bit about the artist so we kind yeah. of do that as well so so it's been a you know so people can buy a piece of oxford as well when they come and visit which is you uh, sold, many of those great. been sold um Later. Yeah, probably i don't know i don't know it's just a nice thing to do it's a bit of an exposure because they you know they're local artists but they it, if yeah. they were they would go directly to the, the supplier we always provide their details and stuff to right, the artists okay. we'd always provide their details and things but i don't know if any it's just a nice thing to do and it's themed around oxford which is you know, i mean part i think of, it's part love, parcel of it. yeah i think it's great isn't it rather than having like sort of the generic kind of ikea same you know picture of photo of some trees on the wall to have something from local um local people local artists it's fantastic and it? it looks nicer yeah um i think you're more likely to get that kind of homely feel you're more likely to get five star reviews if you've just got that personal touch there yeah i agree and you know silly little things like the books that we put in generally morse or oxford based you know those kind of things and um yeah Simple we just try wins. and theme it theme it around the whole experience of coming to visit yeah yeah uh small and quirky was one of the things that you said um mm. during that little monologue there um that's quite interesting it's quite it's got two sort of simple rules that that someone could sort of stick by um yeah so i mean i don't want to look bit, i don't want to look yeah. after the uh for me from my experience i don't want to look after the necessarily the larger properties i think there's too much at risk the you know the party generation and things that can happen and and so I try I, as a personal thing, purely for my sanity, I just steer away from those, really. Yeah. Yeah. And then another another topic we should we should touch on quickly is and again, you've mentioned it just very quickly earlier on is um, people will come to you and they have a property which is they live in it for part of the year um, mm -hmm. and then they want to they want to let it for another part of the year as well. Um, do they, as you said, you avoid large properties in my head and i might just be completely misguided here but in my head i'm thinking that might perhaps be more houses rather than apartments but i don't know maybe that's not the case i mean in those instances yeah that we do um we do look after a couple on that situation which are, are slightly bigger properties um where they are where landlords um have you know spend time over overseas mm. um and so we just fill in the gaps for them. So yeah, oh, we do. Oh, yeah. We've got a couple where, where we are involved in that. But I, I, I'm I'm very cautious that we of about the guests that we have to come to stay. So and predominantly there will be families, um, not groups. And you know they'll already have, will have a lot more restrictions on it because it's someone's home that we're we're um, that we are uh, how effectively. Do you, how do you police that? People. Um, just with the settings on Airbnb, really, and mm. our interaction with guests before they arrive. Um, mm. Mm. So, you know, we 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 want there are obviously the the requirements that you can tick on Airbnb for people to have positive reviews and, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. So 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 we just we do that and we just do it. I mean, you can't 
you can't be 100% guarantee that you're not going to get a, a problem issue. But in all the time I've doing this, I could count the number of problems I've had with Airbnb guests on one hand. It, I mean, it's really very, very minimal. Um, and that's the, the reason we, why we enjoy doing it, really. Um, but it's, I think that comes down to the way we, the way we look after things and, um, and, the, uh, and the interaction we have with, with potential guests and um, leading up to bookings, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and these guys who, um, who say own a, a house and they live there for six months of the year, for example, mm-hmm. move away for the other half of the year. I think yeah. one, of, one of the nice things about that for your point of view and for them as well is it's not a pure sort of money transaction for them is it obviously it is about money but it's about recouping some money rather than the ownership of that property being purely about making money for them which perhaps kind of takes the pressure off a little bit and it's more about yeah it's 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 actually more about having someone living there so the place isn't left empty for a period of time Mm. but it's never i mean we don't have anywhere they where i would say that it's six months of a year it's usually you know maybe two or three months of the year for a period of time that they're that they're away but um it's reassurance from their point of view that someone's someone's living there so that the house is occupied um but also you know they they enjoy it as much as we do so so they prepare for guests coming in and leave bits and pieces for them write really helpful notes about things to go and visit and what they love about living where they live etc so it's it's you know it, they enjoy it as much as we do basically mm-hmm. How much if you've got a house which is lived in for I'll just use this half the year. See easy for my brain. It's <laughs> they live in it for half the year, they let it for the half the year. How much um they, what, what do you have to do to, for these people to kind of prepare that house? Um like you don't want the house to be kind of completely kind of cluttered with too many of their belongings. It's got to be kind of quite neat and tidy, hasn't it? And not have too much stuff lying around. Do you kind of sort of go around and have to have kind of a sort of stern talk with them sometimes and say look this is fine no, but no, i think no they um we usually have they'll have a locked room or two locked rooms in the house um where they um and they've done it for a long time uh, quite often so they'll put all of their personal you know possessions away anything you know and then they've got it kind of down to a fine art now so everything that's personal to them gets put away um in uh, a locked room and it's the rest of the house that's available to, for guests coming to stay. So, yeah, perfect, perfect. Okay, and we've talked lots there about obviously all the short term stuff. Um, you know, a hell of a lot about long term as well. Um, so, you've you've done a lot of both at the moment. You're doing more long term stuff. Um, what's what's great about long term then in Oxford? What's the um, what's the pros of of long term lets in Oxford? And why would you why do you perhaps sort of bear more towards that? Is it purely just the time uh, that's required and more of that hospitality side of things from the short term stuff, which is um, not your first love or? I think, um, I mean, I enjoy the short term market because it's it's something different to what I've been doing for a long time. Um, and as I say, you treat it totally differently. And the presentation, I like I like taking the photos and the lifestyle shots and doing all of that kind of thing, you know, creating something, create, creating the experience um and, and you, they're taking photos of the neighborhood and adding those in and it, it's a different way of marketing it really mm. but long term long term lets is our is obviously our bread and butter and as a business that's what we but that's what we 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 focus on um and the short term let really situation is something that I kind of fell into really because I knew people that had properties that were available on short term lets and when I first set up the company 8 years ago 
um i obviously didn't have a lot else going on so mm. so you know you look at every opportunity to to try and make an income and i was fortunate that i was very friendly with other agents that had short-term let properties um and they asked if i'd be interested in in you know advertising the void periods that they had to see if we could get guests to maximize occupancy for mm. for, for, mm. for clients I and mean, they were quite generally clients that we mutually knew and i guess probably because i had a lot more time on my hands at that time um I became quite good at it. So suddenly they started giving me other properties that they looked after to also jointly jointly um, offer as co-hosting. So mm-hmm. so quite often we became involved in the co-hosting side of things and um, trying to find, uh, uh, you know, trying to maximise occupancy for people. So so it grew and grew very quickly <laughs> at that stage. But um, yeah, I think as I said, the the realisation came with COVID about how much time I got back to myself um without having so much of the short let market and i think that's the difference between the long term and short term market is quite often you know you've got people going in for 6 months 12 months or longer on a long term basis and um you know the, there's there is less the rents are obviously lower the income that you that a client will that a landlord will will achieve will generally be be less on a monthly basis if you put it that way um mm-hmm. on a long-term basis um and so therefore our fee is 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 generally less but there is there is certainly less to be done particularly the better the properties presented and prepared for at the start of the tenancy and and um uh, yeah so so yeah. so it is a it is a, it is an easier pace of life i'll put it that way yeah so what's the outlook then for uh for the next 12 24 months um in in oxford what you expecting to be the trends um house prices obviously interest rates up through the roof um how you expecting all that to play out in oxford over the next next 12 18 months well i think i mean i think we will probably see more rental arrears on our long-term side potentially i think there is a risk that the cost of living is is going to push a real pinch on 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 properties and unfortunately um, I think we've got landlords leaving the market because they are, uh, I think, fed up with the legislation and the the constant changes of things that are costing them money and the um, the compliance issues, mm. um, and it's pushing people away. And I know, you know, that the, the I suppose the intention is 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 there to to make it better and safer for tenants to to rent properties, which I fully understand. But the problem is that the cost of doing that was always going to be pushed back onto a tenant, and rents have, you know, been at record levels now for for 18 months as a result of all of the changes and the the lack of available property and you know mm. th- this last 12 months has been um very very difficult for people looking to try and rent properties certainly here in oxford and, I'm, and i know it's the same across a lot of the provincial cities and towns and and it, and it's it's got to a level where it's just ridiculous really the the the, the, the cost of rents uh, for certain places and i don't see it being sustainable um but the problem is you know the 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 selective licensing scheme which comes in which is an additional cost to clients all of these things eventually get passed back onto to the tenants in respect of Mm. rental increases and you know that that's that's going to have an effect it's going to make you know there is certainly going to be a lack of accommodation available for people looking to to rent on a long-term basis i mean you say you, you say it's not sustainable but if there's um if there's lack of properties to rent um and I can't see Oxford becoming an unpopular place uh, for people to want to to live. Um, that all lends itself towards um, rent rent prices continuing to increase, doesn't it? Um, and becoming yeah, even but then more... it becomes it's just unaffordable for the people that you know that are coming in. And 
Mm. You're going to get more people looking to live outside of the city, um, looking to go into shared accommodation, which is obviously limited by the HMO um, mm. restrictions anyway. So, so it's you know, and then you if you think about it, you've got people coming in the hospitals is you know, you've got lots of nurses and um, people working in the hospitals that need to be close by to the hospital and mm. the cost of accommodation in those areas is just getting is getting prohibitive. So it's um, uh, something will something will change and it needs to change, but I don't know what that will be. Mm. Um, I think how the other people, thing that we, how... we'll probably the things that we'll probably see now is that yeah. with rising interest rates on on mortgages and whether there is going to be a dip in the sales market, is we'll probably go back to the same situation that we had back in, you know, 98, uh, sorry, 2008, when we had the last um, recession. Um, and we'll see a lot more reluctant pro- landlords come on the property. So these tend to be properties that have been on the market for sale that um, they switch over to to renting because they're having to move, but they need to do something with the property and those properties aren't selling. So we're already starting to see properties that have been on the sales market uh, come onto the lettings market. So so there will be a shift in the supply chain again, but it tends, mm. I think it will tend to be the larger properties that will come back onto the to the letting market um, mm. for a period of time until obviously interest rates settle down and the, mar- the property market picks up again. So sales property market picks up again. Mm. Do many people commute into Oxford city centre? I mean, it's... It's incredibly expensive, Oxford, isn't it? It's a place to certainly buy a property. Um, I know. Um, does it have much of a commute about? Or... Yeah, I mean, lots of people commute into Oxford. Um, mm. So, it, but it. I mean, Abingdon is a place that's just south of Oxford. There's, um, you know, it's it, a lot of people when I worked in Abingdon would come to live in Abingdon because it was more affordable than living in Oxford. But they all worked in Oxford. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Good stuff. So with all of that in mind, what's um, what's your plans for the next next couple of years yourself? Um, how, do you, how do you see all of this impact in your business? Uh, and and do you have any um, specific plans other than kind of plowing on and keep going over the next couple of years? Well, I think um, I mean, certainly over the next 12 months, um, we have to wait and see what happens with the property market. But there is going to be an opportunity for letting agents, particularly if if um, the sales market stalls, as I say, with these properties coming onto the market. So, you know, we've already seen it um, over the last couple of months anyway. Um, we've, we're much busier than we were at the same time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see that um, continuing over the next, certainly over the next 12 months. Um, so, so I suspect that we'll be busy. Um, but I would, uh, my my focus is certainly going to be on the long let side of things rather than necessarily the short let marketplace. Yeah, sure enough, sure enough. Um, and uh, Nick, how can people get in touch with you? Um, everyone's obviously listened to the show, heard all of your uh, insight, specifically with regards to you know to Oxford. We're all an Oxford specialist. How can people reach out to you, get in touch with you if they'd like to? All of our, all of our details can be found on our website, which is www.nicholasjonesresidential.co.uk. It's a nice, easy one. Good. Well, yeah. please get in touch with Nick, uh, everyone. If you've got any uh, letting queries uh, in Oxford, he'd be your man to, to help you out. Nick, it's been fantastic to have you on. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Mike, and um, Merry Christmas to everyone too. Fantastic. Merry Christmas. Okay, I hope you enjoyed the show. 
do remember there's a new episode out every Monday, so do come back for more in-depth conversation with short-term rental experts in the United Kingdom. Also, if there are any specific topics you'd like us to cover in the future shows, or if you'd just like to reach out for any other reason, please do email us at thefullenglishairbnb at gmail.com.